0: It's really important to have some evocative pictures and the people can understand more the feelings and the emotions of the people involved in this story and how the life of these families is suspended in this waiting. That's the voice of Antonio Facilongo. He's an Italian photographer, and his photojournalism story called Habibi won first prize as Story of the Year at the World Press Photo Awards. It's a well-respected Dutch group, and the photos showcase the lives of the families of some Palestinian prisoners in Israeli jails. It portrays their wives waiting for them and how the husbands smuggle their semen out of jail so the wives can have more children. The exhibit is part of a much larger traveling show by the World Press Photo Foundation and it's been touring the world this year and the Canadian War Museum in Ottawa just presented it to the public for several weeks from July 22nd to August 15th. Some Canadian Jewish groups are outraged including Honest Reporting and the Canadian Anti-Semitism Education Committee, One Family Fund Canada and Friends of Simon Wiesenthal. They've complained directly to the museum saying the show glorifies terrorists and shows them in a sympathetic light with no mention that they murdered Israelis.
1: Uh, there's about you know a, a half a dozen of these people who are in Israeli jails according to this um, exhibit that, that mentions, well, you know, unfortunately, they can't have conjugal visits, and they have to smuggle sperm out uh, so that they can um, do um, in vitro fertilization um, because of the, the damn Israelis, but they don't talk about how the fact out, and I'm going to go for one of them, uh, there's an individual named Abdul Karim Rimwawi, who About two decades ago, uh, as a member of the PFLP, the Popular Front for the Liberation Palestine, he murdered an Israeli minister.
0: I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Monday, August 30th, 2021. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Visitors could tour the World Press Photography exhibit in person in the museum. They can still buy the souvenir book for $38 in the Canadian War Museum's gift store. The photos are supposed to show a love story amidst the long and complicated Israel-Palestinian conflict. 100 babies have been born this way so far. The men are described as living martyrs, and the exhibit labels the Intifada and other terrorist killings as commando operations. Canada considers Hamas and the Al-Aqsa Martyrs Brigade and the PFLP as terrorist organizations, although this is not mentioned in any of the Canadian War Museum's material. Coming up, we'll hear what Jewish groups want done about the exhibit. But first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now. If you've been following the CJN, you may have seen the recent article on the death of Leah Hotchman. She was a 100-year-old Holocaust survivor. Now, I mention this because as Canadian Jews and Jews everywhere start preparing for the high holidays, which start a week from today, I wanted to let you know about the Shofar on the Corner program. It was started last year because of COVID, and it's being sponsored in Mrs. Hotchman's memory this year. They're now up and running again and taking reservations for September 7th and 8th. The Canadian rabbis who created it wanted to give people a chance to hear the shofar blown outdoors. Many people were reluctant to attend a synagogue service in person during the pandemic last fall, and most synagogues were actually even closed. This year, Shofar on the Corner is back. You can go online and reserve the location closest to you, where you can hear volunteers blow the shofar on either or both days of Rosh Hashanah. They've got locations in Ontario and Quebec, in the U.S., Australia, and Mexico. And the link is in our show notes. Meanwhile, some more news about the CJN. The paper's 75-page print edition is coming out this week in hard copy. Yes, in print, in magazine form. If you are a subscriber, you should be receiving it. If you got the Green Coffee Table book last summer, Northern Lights, then you should be getting it. Some of the stories will also be released online, on our website, and on social media, so look for it this week. If you want help on how to get on the mailing list, email me at ebesner, that's E-B-E-S-S-N-E-R, at cjn.ca, or just find me on Facebook. As I mentioned, several Jewish groups have sent letters to the Canadian War Museum, and to the Department of Canadian Heritage, demanding to know how this Habibi part of the exhibit was allowed to be shown as is. Mike Fegelman is Executive Director of Honest Reporting Canada, and he joins me now to explain more. Now, uh, was this an exhibit that um, was commissioned or do you know sort of how it ended up passing the approval uh, to get to being exhibited in the country's National War Museum?
1: Yeah, so I I don't know the due diligence that was involved between the Canadian War Museum and the sponsoring organization which was from the the Kingdom of the Netherlands. Uh, What I do know is that it was uh, a joint uh, campaign uh, effort, an exhibit between the World Press Photo and the Canadian War Museum that curated Uh, I think over a dozen photos. One, for example, shows an individual holding an AR-33 assault rifle. And, uh, you know, it it really, you can interpret that as lionizing Palestinian terror. Another photo shows different Palestinians and doesn't mention, well, this person used to belong to the Al-Aqsa Martyrs Brigades. Another one shows another photo of Palestinian terrorists, doesn't mention that this was somebody who was uh, a, a terrorist for the Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine in a couple decades ago had murdered an Israeli minister. So these are these are not you know wonderful people that we would want to loud and celebrate. These are people who have, who have done some horrible, horrendous things. And instead of spotlighting, for example, Israeli victims of terrorism, it's giving uh, the sympathetic portrayal of Palestinian terrorists under the auspices that there are 4200 security detainees, quote-unquote, prisoners of conscience, political prisoners, as it's framed in the exhibit, who, uh, whose rights are being allegedly denied because they're not getting conjugal visits, they're not uh, able uh, to, uh, you know, have in vitro fertilization, so they have to smuggle semen to give it to their spouses, and uh, it doesn't tell you that these are people who've shot Israelis, who've stabbed Israelis, and, uh, and this is the Canadian War Museum, right? This is a crown corporation, under, runs under the Department of, of Canadian Heritage, uh, and it, it hosts about 500,000 people, it claims to, every year. And uh, this, is, this is what Canadians were told about what is a very controversial issue, the Arab-Israeli conflict. And they got this very jaundiced, very one-sided partisan portrayal. And this is a war museum, right? You, you're, you're supposed to have objectivity, political neutrality. And and the this uh, exhibit goes completely against that. It's one sided. It's it sympathetically portrays one side over the other, and um, and it it really confounds and uh, and misleads more than it educates. And um, there's an adage that in uh, in war the first casualty is the truth. You you can't you can't that it doesn't ring truer than with this exhibit. Canadians were misled. Um, as we understand it, the due diligence process wasn't done thoroughly. This wasn't vetted properly. We don't understand how this came to be.
0: And would you be able to comment on uh, some of the terrorist organizations and whether Canada uh, bans some of these countries, uh, some of these organizations from entering the country that are on the list of so-called freedom fighters, right? Canada bans
1: them all. The PFLP is banned. The Alexa Martyrs Brigades, which is uh, an arm actually of uh, PA President Mahmoud Abbas's Fatah Party is a banned terrorist organization, and uh, you know that that's just two of the organizations who's, of these people who are listed, uh, and and this is the kind of platform that it's receiving. So these these this is there isn't a doubt about whether these are politicians or activists. These are hardcore uh, terrorists who have blood on their hands, and uh, you know I can't imagine. Any other um, uh, forum that would that would res- you know warmly receive um, a, a kind of a portrayal of these kind of people, it's even more surprising because these are tax dollars at play because it's it's a crown corporation, um, and um, and I'm hoping that the museum will be will do some kind of a proper transparent investigation and and disclose that to the public about how this came to be.
0: Understood. Thanks so much for being here on the CJN Daily. We did approach the Canadian War Museum for comment. Officials say they had nothing to do with what was in the show, but they did post warnings at the entrance and inside the hall about the graphic nature of the material, that some visitors may find it disturbing, and that it doesn't necessarily represent the official views of the museum. The museum hosts these World Press Photo Tours every year. This year they paid $35,000 to host this one. And as for how the show fits in with the museum's mandate, officials say it's, quote, an opportunity to address contemporary conflicts and events and complements the museum's permanent galleries, unquote. Uh, They did also point out that they're going to be sharing the Jewish community's concerns with the World Press Photo people in the Netherlands, and they want to remind people they do do exhibits and events that showcase Holocaust education, including the recent Anne Frank exhibit with Ottawa survivor Ellie Bolograf, who we have had on this show. And if Jewish groups want to do a future exhibit on the victims of the Palestinian terrorists, they are welcome to submit a proposal to the museum. The Israeli Embassy in Ottawa is aware of this exhibit, but declined to comment. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Today's listener shout-out goes to Lorraine Bloom of Toronto. She's a fine arts photographer. Lorraine literally stopped me last Friday in a ravine called Pomona Mills Park in Markham, Ontario, where we were hiking to tell me that she listens to the CJN Daily. And we'll close this episode with a little clip from an upcoming episode. Don't miss this one as we're getting closer to Rosh Hashanah and to the 20th anniversary of September 11th, 9-11. You'll hear my interview with the real rabbi who was stranded in Gander, Newfoundland on 9-11 when all those airplanes were uh, landing in Canada, when the airspace was closed. If you've seen the Canadian hit musical Come From Away, the rabbi character is based on him and he's got family in Canada. We went into the liquor store and believe it or not, on the shelf in the liquor store, there were two bottles of Manischewitz kosher kiddush wine. So, if you can find Manashevitz Kiddush wine for the Friday night of the Shabbos between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, please use it. And if not, at least when you make Kiddush and you drink your wine, have a little drink for the people of Newfoundland as well, and for the
1: people of the whole of Canada.